0: Flyway Connections is brought to you by The Real Decoy.
1: If you're looking to make your decoy spread come alive, check out the products. From the Roughneck and Natural Swimmer with the Max Flow keel design for optimal speed and battery life.
0: To their Natural Flutter Extreme Mod 1 featuring their new proprietary Tsunami Wave technology that gives your decoy spread natural water movement.
1: If you're the hardcore waterfowler looking for hardcore emotions, look up the Real Decoy products at realdecoy.com.
0: Use promo code FWC22 for 15% off of your next purchase.
2: All right, welcome back, everybody, to another show of Flyway Connections. My name is Chris, and like always, I'm um, here with my two buds, Sharp and Joe. Joe, you want to introduce our guest for the day?
1: Yeah, no uh, stranger to the podcast and to our Instagram, and really to anything we post. A Jason Thorne from Edible Doors, good, you know, we like to call him part of the Flyway family. Hey, how are you doing today, Jason?
3: Good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's always, hey. always
2: a good time to have you on. Before we go, because this is the first time you're meeting Sharp. All right. Take a good look at Shark <laughs> and tell me if Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler didn't have a baby. Oh. You <laughs> <job>. <laughs> tell me Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler didn't have a baby. Will Ferrell, um, lo- Adam Sandler, love child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have Crazy hair day.
0: I need to get a haircut for sure. I'm a about out there think My girlfriend might kill me, but I've been thinking about it.
2: Yo, she's not there, right? She's not gonna kill <laughs> me. No, you're good, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> be today. I yeah. got
0: a dog, so hopefully, he won't say anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, we we kind of just so the listeners can uh uh kind of get a broad idea, uh, we brought Jason on because one, um, he's a great guy. Uh, I ask him for questions on cooking tips. And when I say anybody can ask him, you reach him on social media. You can ask him. He's very open minded with it. Uh, At at least I felt like I was bugging him. I even said he said, no, you're not bugging me. Trust me. So um, and I made the. uh, uh, the Dunk all Orange. I don't know how to say it, but (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure. uh, I'm sure Jason can uh, say it better than I have can because. You know, he's from that area, but um it came out great and I, I I enjoyed it. My family loved it. It's something different I can cook uh for next season too. So um, I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> but uh I guess let's go ahead and start off. We kinda wanted the biggest thing we wanted to talk about is uh we wanna get more into the duck camp, the the long days in in the blind, long days in the deer stand, whatever it may be. I know we're water we're all waterfowlers through and through here, but we all also do we all Turkey hunt, we all big game hunt. Outdoorsmen. Out, Outdoorsmen's all around. Um, so when it comes to the, I guess with the outdoors and with the these camps, let's say you're going, we'll start off with camps and we'll kind of break it down to just a couple buds doing like backwoods camping or something. But we'll start off with, let's say, deer and duck camps. What are the type of things that makes it easy for brand new hunters or outdoorsmen to go out there in these camps and they're gonna stay, let's say, a weekend? with their kids, their friends and families, but they don't want to pack a whole gallon of milk or whatever it may be, eggs, that they can actually resource wherever the vegetation they're at, whatever type of terrain they're at, or um, something easy and quick that they can get uh, from even a home garden or outside. So what are some things that maybe that you kind of pack, things you kind of get ready, kind of think about?
3: I'm going to tell you one of, the, one of the easiest things is, you know, if you want really good meals, and I think we're all guilty of some of this, you know, we're really tired. We woke up early in the morning to hunt, a uh, hard day hunting, come back. We've got to clean all this game or whatever. Uh, a lot of times I will pre-cook my food, you know, a couple of three, four days ahead of time. And some of the stuff goes really well. And the thing that comes to mind is like a venison chili. And I'll tell you what I like to do is I'll cook the venison chili and freeze it in a, a gallon size Ziploc bag. Uh-huh. It becomes an ice pack. It, becomes, it, it it folds really flat in your ice chest. And it's good for several meals. You can make, you know, just a bowl of chili. You can do a chili cheese burrito. Uh, it's good for several meals. But one of the things that I'm really fond of, really fond of, is I'll make two ahead of time. I'll tell my son and my son's best friend, is we're eating what we kill. You know, if we're in deer camp, somebody better shoot a deer, or you know we're going to be eating peanuts that I find in the crack of my my truck seat. So, in that inevitably motivates somebody and somebody shoot a deer on a Saturday or ducks, yeah. and then we're cooking fresh meat that night. And I I can't tell you how much I love doing that right there on the spot where we harvested that animal, uh, a deer heart. Uh, fajitas or tacos or duck fajitas. Uh, That's the way I like to do it. Uh, Other than that, you know, we're going to we're going to end up Sunday really hungry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I I Um, like like preparing those meals ahead of time. You know, even if you're not going to go that hardcore uh, spaghetti, you can do spaghetti the same way. Uh, And I like it to where you can freeze it. And then, you know, it becomes an ice pack. Like I said, it it fits really nicely in your ice chest in the bottom of it. Um, Like to do a good breakfast every morning. And you can do the same thing. You can make breakfast burritos ahead of time with venison or ducks, eggs, potatoes, bacon, whatever you you like in them. Up in a burrito, you can, um, you know, freeze them ahead of time. Uh, we used to hunt in central Texas and early season, uh, uh, it was hot. So ice was a big deal. Keeping everything cold was a big deal. So that's the kind of the mindset I'm coming from late season. If you're hunting in North Dakota, you know, in January, (laughs) you really don't have to worry about the ice, you know, everything's going to be cold regardless, but you know, down South is a deal.
2: Yeah. That's something, um, and I think that's a big thing too, especially for me, because us growing up, it was always put in ice, uh, and then we, you know, we we would freeze water bottles and use that. It kind of has the ice, um, and it's you know, just think that something as simple as chili, because you can do anything with chili. Chili cheese dog, you know, yeah, you can, you can put chili you know, fritos, Cheeto chili fritos, you know what I mean? And that's that's actually really really, uh, I never even thought about it. Just freezing that and using that as a basin ice pack, and um. Even put in a, let's say you're not going to use all one chili one day, put them in different Ziploc bags and they're different ice packs. This way you don't uh, have to warm up the whole thing or break it up or whatever it may be. But um, exactly. that's actually very smart. So
4: is uh, it, have I, you ever... Like
2: yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go I was ahead. saying that
3: I eat chili for breakfast. I don't know if you guys have ever tried scrambled eggs and chili. It's really good.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. I've never had that. I've had chili... I've had chili with breakfast. But it wasn't chili and scrambled eggs. It was just chili, like yep. by itself. But um, that's like that's like I'm eating cold pizza the next day in the morning for breakfast. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess another thing, uh, and I guess if this is, has to be regions based. So we're gonna go. We'll say in your region where you're at. Is there, let's say, spices or seasoning that you can actually? Um, that's something simple to identify and actually take from the region that you're at to, you know, use for your food um, Slap your a, or is that, uh, <laughs> or is that, <laughs> is that, is that <laughs> Yeah. or is that something that you bring anyways? I mean, I know there's a, uh, we call them cattails, but uh, I forgot what they call them in Louisiana. We used to eat them as a kid too. Um, um, so, you know, well, they look like it's like salary. Yeah, that's uh, actually the, the the
3: Cajun French name is Chagrin.
2: Okay, we used and, to call them cattails,
3: and uh, I think they're I always called them thistles. And thistles, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, they, and you want to get the young, tender ones. You could probably get one that's maybe you know maybe eighteen inches tall or so, and uh, use your knife carefully because they bite uh, and knock off all the the Satan thorns that they have off of them. And then it's exactly like celery. Uh, it's yeah, really it is. good once mm-hmm. you uh, you get all that off of it. You kind of just take the knife and lightly uh, scrape it off. Put uh, it salt, pepper, and, and vinegar, and it makes a wonderful salad. And people don't realize it. I mean, it's just and they are everywhere.
2: They are, the and they yeah, they are everywhere in the south. And in, in Texas, they're more southeast, uh, southwest. You kind of you're going to get more cactus. Now, there's some cactuses yeah. you can eat. And then there's cactuses that are going to get you like young guns and um, some peyote or some peyote or something. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. um, the, so the, I, I, <laughs> yeah.
3: the secret is to get them young because they'll grow four or five feet tall. And once oh, yeah, you get them grow. that big, it, it's like trying to eat a pencil. Um, so catch them while they're eighteen inches or so. And uh, those those big ones, you will actually notice the big ones have a, a a big fly, It looks like a sunflower head on top of on it. the top of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you look at it closely. Uh, when they get older like that, there will be a hundred honeybees inside of them. I mean, they oh, wow. are just loaded with honeybees.
2: What's crazy too is when I was a kid, you know, my uncles or buddies and stuff, we we would get it and eat it, but we never. I just I don't know. Naturally, I don't know if it was just be inst- just because everybody else was doing it. We never got the big ones. It was always the I guess knee high. Yep. Uh, ones and we would eat those, um, and then we would. I mean, anything else like just. Something natural as a kid, you're going out, you're eating honeysuckles and stuff. It's kind of the same thing. So, I mean, to me, yeah. I thought it for a long time, I thought it was celery. I was like, oh, this is celery It but is. It is remarkably close to celery. Yeah. And that's crazy. And that's that's something I want to get at is that like, that's something you can add into your food, you know, you give it, yep. you give it flavor. So, the hard part um, about
3: is lo- is sourcing local food during that time is that there's nothing, you know, during winter, it's hard to find. Uh, you know it's hard to forage anything or or find anything that's that's still alive uh the thing that comes to mind is oyster mushrooms in the south uh we find a ton of my daughter tonight found a whole bunch of oyster mushrooms
1: yeah see we've seen that on instagram
3: but uh you can find the oyster mushrooms and you know the chef's lingo is if they if they grow together they go together so if you find uh oyster mushrooms in the deer woods you can make up a, a dish you know maybe do a little uh, oyster cream sauce over some some medium rare backstrap, and run with that. And I don't know anybody, you know, I don't know anybody that would turn
2: that meal down. Oh, yeah, almost like a deer uh, stroganoff type deal. Exactly. Yeah, I've I've never actually personally tried those uh oyster mushrooms, and I've seen them, but I don't know. I just, I guess in my head, I love mushrooms, but I think of uh, because growing up, there's a lot of uh, pasture land back here, and uh, you don't want to eat those mushrooms, so yeah. No, take, they, a trip, they, take a trip to the
4: zoo.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's one they, they
3: tell you you don't want to uh, eat them where you know agriculture yeah. has been because of the, the the pesticides and things that have been sprayed. Yeah. But so, I, I, like, um, I like the mushroom. The mushroom scene. I, I'm a big mushroom fan.
4: Yeah,
3: uh, and it's a lot easier. You know, fast forward the turkey season where everything's starting to come alive with berries, morels, morels in that in that neck of the woods, um, mushrooms uh, the thistles. So there's a lot of things that you can find, you know, in the, in the spring to add to your menu. And of course, you know, again, mushrooms, the, the morels, if you have morels where you live and you're not looking for them, then uh, you know, I, I don't know how to help you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the morels, um, what's your favorite, to, I mean, I've seen people stew them, fry them. Um, what's your favorite way to cook with those? Saute them in garlic and butter
3: and just eat them like that. I mean, really? They are literally just the, you know, such a, a great umami flavor. Um, yeah. and you can, you can put them in, in, in different things. You know, I've seen people make uh, pizzas with them or, yeah. or they'll make a sauce with them, but I just, I, I, no, I don't it's, have it's, a lot of them in Louisiana. Yeah. So, you know, finding one or two is a really big deal in Louisiana. I mean, you got to go up north, uh, you know, you start finding them in the mountains or Tennessee or, you know, the Ozarks or somewhere, but they don't, they really don't exist in South yeah. Louisiana.
1: Is there a certain type of protein you, 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 you kind of pair them with? Uh, yeah, I would do uh,
3: any type of red meat, whether it be for venison or, uh, I'd are clear of pork, Pork's kind of its own little unique thing, but you could do birds with it too. It would be really good with, with uh, ducks or mm-hmm. even turkey. It would be really good with geese. Ah, uh, you get a good speckle belly mm. um, goose breast. You know they're oh yeah, it's like a it's like a ribeye.
1: Now you can't go wrong with speckled belly be, no yeah. matter what.
3: There's sharp my language. Yeah, sharp. with uh, it. You know, I like to cook it like a steak. And yeah, it medium rare, and then you could you can serve it alongside the the morel mushrooms or or any type of mushroom. That um, sounds good. You could also yeah. do it with you know crab meat or or crawfish or or shrimp even. Yeah. Or, or to, to bag of sandhill crane or two you know same thing yeah
2: and what's crazy is that um people don't people think like waterfowl not being like a steak but when you and joe i sent joe a picture of one uh he shot <laughs> um uh that i cooked it i cooked it almost i, I want to say oh you talking belly yeah yeah, you're welcome. And that it, I cooked it like it, like I would do a steak, and I smoked it a little, and man, it it would can it's it's like it melts in your mouth like butter, um, yep. and exactly like, almost like a ribeye steak. I mean, it it has its own, I, I guess you would say its own goose marbling. Yeah, on the fat it's, just cap. On, it's on the fat cap and all that. So, um, if if you're getting into waterfowl, that's it, it really is like a steak. I think all geese are like most geese are like that. I mean, sharp. Would you agree? Ah, uh, yeah.
1: Canada's
4: <laughs> a little different.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, uh, snows and Canada's are a little greasier, which I like to like either like grind those up, make sausage. Yeah,
3: or, do you, I've never do tried. You,
0: jerky. Uh, I heard jerky's good with it. Doing did, jerky. Did so.
4: you
3: um? Did you keep the uh, the skin on? Did you pluck the skin and keep the skin on?
2: Yeah, I did. On the duck a lorange? No, 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 on the, the speckled belly. belly. Oh, the speckle belly? Yeah, I did. I sent pictures to him. Um I actually kept the skin on because I, I know I think we talked a little bit when I was making that duck a lorange the and I talked to Joe when I got the green wing teal here in North Texas. Um I actually kept those cuz I don't know, I kind of it was something that stuck to me. I think we we uh we had in the first time where you were on the podcast. Um you said a lot of the what hunters do is a lot of that a lot of the food goes to waste because they just take the breast um so i started eating the heart i started to eat uh i started plucking and keeping the skin on it cooking it like a roast and um and uh, man i can't i, I won't go I, I love it um i'll even yeah. i did It's uh, a pain yeah it's a pain
3: to, especially with a goose it's a pain but you know unless it's got a lot of pin feathers you know if you're shooting a young goose yeah. it's gonna have a lot of pin feathers and you know I, that's not going to be you know something that I'm going to keep. But if you can get a goose or a duck that has no pin feathers, skin uh, plucking is definitely the way to go. Man, there's so much yeah. flavor in that skin. I mean, it's like yeah. fried chicken. You know, you know, if you're eating it for flavor, you know, I'm I'm sure we can all agree that fried chicken with the skin is much better than fried oh, chicken yeah. without the skin.
4: Yeah,
2: hands down. So I was actually trying to kind of go off topic because I was actually intrigued about these uh, morel mushrooms because I've never had them. Um, and like you said, they don't grow in the South. I mean, I've had cattails all day, but, um, yeah, they, they actually grow up north in the Appalachian region, Kentucky, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, North Carolina, Maryland and Virginia, which is uh, crazy. So I think next time I'm up there, I'm going to try to look for some and bring some back.
3: Now there's a, um, uh, a false morale. Just make sure you know the difference between them. They're, they're really easy to identify. The cap uh-huh. is, uh, is hollow on a real one stem is hollow so when you cut it in half the stem is hollow you've got a real morel if it's you know if it's a solid stem you've got a, a false morel but they're really easy to, to teleport so what if
2: you eat that false one
3: well then it'll be Joe's show for
1: <laughs> the <flyaway> connection
2: <laughs> yeah you're
1: about to go for a little visit Yeah,
4: you know, see the wisdom I,
1: I actually I don't think you'll
3: die probably end up with like, which amounts to food poisoning for a night. You're going to be miserable for a night, you know, not far from the bathroom, but I don't think they're lethal.
2: And I, I think that that's like really important too, because as a kid too, I know uh, we used to call them uh, tunas, um, and it's just basically the fruit part of the cactus. Um, the prickly and, pears? The prickly uh, yeah, the prickly yeah. pears we call them tunas. Yeah, um, I guess I don't know, it's a Spanish word for them? but that's just what we always called them. I mean, uh, with our normal ang uh Caucasian Texans call them that here too. So um I guess it's it's just the we're the region based. But um when I would go out, I was like, Oh well, I can eat that and my uncle's like, Yeah, go ahead and eat it and let's see how you act because you you're gonna eat that and you're you're probably gonna run around butt naked and I was like <laughs> I, I never understood how you could tell the difference, but it's I think that's another thing is that's really important because as a kid we used to just grab honeysuckles like nothing and grab yeah. uh cattails and stuff like that. And and uh always wanted to just grab uh, the i guess the prickly pear um off the cactus and eat it um but the that always instilled in my head is like well oh, I need to educate myself on what I'm eating first so um I think that's something very important especially when you're getting into the outdoors and kind of um i guess live live the i don't know the outdoorsman's uh lifestyle yeah. when it comes to yeah. being when it comes to eating um but um, I, I, I always found that intriguing. Uh, that's something that we we can all be self-sustained, you know, without having to go to the grocery store. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. With people self-sustaining themselves and everything they eat, is, they harvest. So, and that's kind of what you do. You grow your own. Uh, you have ve- you have vegetables. You have fruits. I'm assuming. I know you have vegetables. You have peppers. I know you've talked about.
3: Yep, so, I have. Uh, I have fruit trees, uh, and I have uh, a pretty. Large vegetable garden as well, and uh, I do the the heirloom seeds. So I'll keep okra seeds from year to year to year, and just replant those. Oh, nice. So yeah, it it makes everything you know everything's expensive. Everything. Yeah, and if I have to replace all the okra plants or tomato plants from year to year to year, I mean you know I'm setting myself back two hundred dollars every year before I even yeah. get the garden started. So I'll take um, I'll take the okra um, an okra pod. Actually, I keep two or three of them in case one of them doesn't doesn't keep from the over the winter. And uh, we just planted ours uh, two nights ago
2: oh, And planters. Great.
3: So you got to start a planter. You can't start in a garden. Yeah, you can start in a little bitty cup. And once it gets established, then you transplant from the cup to the garden. Huh. But I have okra, tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplant, uh, banana peppers, jalapeno peppers. I'm
2: gonna go with. That. A shopping bag, yeah. At Jason's house, and uh, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> Just here to grab some stuff. Man, let me say the funny thing
3: is, at the end of the growing season, I can't even give it away anymore. You know, I've, I've got so it's many cucumbers so hard, man. and, and you know, I'm like, man, hey, who wants, you know, who wants cucumbers, or tomatoes? I'm like, nobody else is. I mean, it's free, you know. Yeah. Nobody, nobody here wants a cucumber, Come on, man. <laughs> but, uh, Man, okra—you so, can never pick enough okra. If
0: yeah,
4: no, uh, <laughs> you don't like okra, fried okra, there's something
0: wrong with you. Man. I know, but, but dude, I planted like 15 plants one time, just me up my house. I just got tired. <laughs> it's like
3: I just let them go. I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah, with 15 plants, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. have a you're gonna have a lot of okra. But so I also saying fruit trees. I have blueberries, uh, satsuma, figs, uh, persimmon, lemons. Blueberries, blackberries.
1: Yeah. So, Jason, when you go into your uh, for the viewers, if you haven't seen, look up Jason Thornton on um, was a duck camp, um, and you'll you'll see a I mean a, a very good YouTube show with you know that stars Jason and his wonderful family, and and he hosts them in, in their uh, deer camp. So, this is a little two part question. I have. What are three must have things that you always keep in your duck camp for, you know, the cuisine you cook and what's three that you will always, you know, you a must bring for you.
3: Oh, should, uh So the camp's already stocked with utensils and, and pots and stuff. So, I, you know, I I've got all of my, my cast iron stuff there and, and, and uh, seasoning and, and oil. but I always bringing a grown back to the camp to cook. Uh, I I love cooking venison from the property that I've taken it from. Uh, The seasoning, I've started using a a line of, of seasoning by Hunt Chef. And what you find with a lot of seasoning with like Tony Sachery's, they like to tout it being, you know, a one season fits all type thing. Yeah. It it's good, but you know, it it doesn't always it's good for every situation, but not great for any one of them. But this guy's seasonings are, you know, he's got probably 10 or 20 of them and they're tailor-made for each situation. So if you want to cook ducks, he's got a really good duck blend. If you want to cook venison, he's got a really good venison blend. Um so I like his seasonings and I always bring his seasonings along with me. Uh I always bring fresh vegetables. With me to cook with, <clears throat> and one other thing that I I really enjoy bringing, um, um is a deer stand or duck stand snack that I've made.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: I do um, uh, persimmon bread, which is really good for sharing. Uh, summer salt venison summer sausage. And to me, oh, or my, one of my favorites is, uh, and you could do this with a goose breast, is corned venison, like corned beef hash. Or corn yeah. Hash. I love yeah. making sandwiches with it and eating uh, either uh, a, goose, a corned goose breast or a corned venison roast on a sandwich there. To me, coming full circle that way, just really, really, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that.
1: Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's. I like that. Now, Look, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind
3: of like bringing smoked salmon on a fishing trip.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is also one of my favorite. I love salmon. Um, I don't know if you guys watched that show, but the one thing when you were talking about your fruit and your berries was um, you made that that blueberry fried pie on that show, and that was like the you know the the, the cap off a meal. That thing looked delicious.
3: It really is good. And, you know, it's not healthy, but not, not much of the stuff that I cook is. But, you know, in a nutshell, you're taking a a, pie, a frozen pie shell and you're laying it out. You're rolling it a little thinner than it, it comes in and cutting it into circles that are probably maybe four or five inches across. And then taking what my homemade blueberry uh, jam and putting it on one side of the circle. And then doing a uh, an egg wash on the edge so it'll seal, fold over half of it, crimp it with a fork, and then fry it uh, at about 350, and just until it's, you know, the right color.
1: Now, is there any da- is, do you use peanut oil, vegetable, canola oil? I like
3: canola oil because it's got a high smoking point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of my duct of oil. I use it. I can use it for anything. Yeah. Um, again it's not perfect for any one thing but it's good for everything uh, I like peanut oil if they're fried you know a lot of things but canola oil gets you anywhere you need to be but just fry it till it's golden brown take it out let it drain on a paper towel a little uh, cool whip on it and some fresh berries and uh, I mean you know guys I mean this would you would expect to order this in a restaurant
4: yeah. and be happy with it
3: oh. now I want to to clear the, clear the air Duck Camp is not the same duck camp videos that you see with Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois. Yeah. He's got a he's got a duck camp series, and and uh this one was made by uh for Duck Camp Camo. Yeah. Uh, so you go to their YouTube page, the Duck Camp Camo, and uh it's I forget the name of it, but it's uh, Camp Camp Something. That's where you'll see it.
4: Yeah. I think
3: it's titled uh Cute Little Cajun Camp or something along those lines.
2: Oh. I actually have a question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little scenario just to kinda make it easier for the listeners, okay? So let's say you're gonna you're gonna wake up, you know, every waterfowler knows they're gonna wake up either depending on if it's opening day, but let's say one in the morning, all right, you get ready to go out to a blind, a comfortable blind, but let's say us four, okay. Uh you Joe's gonna bring his son, you bring your kids, I bring my daughter. My out, thank you. And uh I don't know what Joe's watching over there, but uh, I was
4: looking up
1: of uh, the show you was
2: talking about. Oh, um, okay. So, so just real quick, uh, we're gonna be there, and we're gonna do a morning hunt, afternoon hunt. So we'll eat breakfast there and have have a lunch there. They have a propane tank with a little burner there for you, and you have your cast iron, cast iron, iron or cast iron there, whatever to cook. We kill a bird. Uh, let's say it's a greenhead. Okay, what are nice. you cooking with that green head to feed us? And let's say, and then let us say for breakfast.
3: Okay, we're gonna make a little breakfast burrito with the breast. We're gonna we're gonna mm. take the breast, fillet it off the. We're gonna pluck it, fillet it off of the um the breast bone. We're gonna do exactly what we talked about a while ago. We're going to sear it like we would uh, a steak we're going to mm-hmm. sear it skin side down uh and a little bit of oil and what that's going to do is that's going to crisp up that skin and we're going to cook it probably about three minutes on that side flip it over cook it for another two minutes on the the flip side of it let it rest we're going to cook our eggs we're going to cook up our tortillas and then once that duck breast is rested we're going to cut it into the strips we're going to each put our, our fair share of eggs on the, the tortilla. Some, uh, um, some of the duck breast strips. Probably put a little bit of homemade pickled red onion on it, and uh, probably call it good. I think we'll be good with that.
4: Yeah, all right. That's what I'm but talking we're, about. We're,
3: we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're also gonna save the the leg quarters, the gizzard, and the
2: the heart for later on. Nice. So, uh, just to make sure, because I'm from Texas, I know you got some salsa or something going on. Of course, we can. Do some
3: salsa, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna bring a homemade tomato. We'll cut it up. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, man. No, no, Texas Pete, yeah. neither. That what? Texas that's Pete's it. not even made in Texas. Yeah, no, right. Texas Pete. It's made in New York, first of all. They, I don't know why they named it Texas Pete. If you but, want Texas... So your, your chili has beans or no beans? No, no. I'm from Texas. We don't put beans in our chili. If <laughs> you put beans so. in your chili, that's not chili. I don't uh, put beans in my chili. All right, yeah, thank you. Meat thank you. Life. Yeah, there's... It's chili for a reason, but <laughs> anyways. Sharp smile,
4: I'm like, oh, God, never mind. Oh,
1: God, i put beans in my chili. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I will say, I, I like being chili, but when people start talking about chili dogs, meat chili goes on chili dogs, I think.
0: A hundred percent. I agree with you, it's 100%. Chili, 100%. Man.
2: If you. If it's called chili, you don't put beans. Period. I'm sorry. Ever since I was a kid, the first time I ever had beans with chili um i think we went up to actually i went to we went to oklahoma for a trip for a camping trip <laughs> and uh we stopped at uh like a mom-and-pop shop and i got chili i was like hmm beans and as soon as i'm about to put my mouth into it my mom goes <laughs> slaps a spoon out of my hand. she's like don't eat that <laughs> I <was> like,
1: right. <laughs> that's like people who put tomatoes in gumbo
2: Oh man, Come
4: no
3: go! <laughs> no I go! I can feel my blood pressure going
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I mean all that's region-based. Um, I mean, when I lived in Tennessee, they they smoke. Uh, I don't even they they smoke their their briskets. They smoke. I don't even know if they smoke briskets. But well, that was all, pork shoulders different from what we do here in Texas. So yeah. Well, it seems um,
1: like the, back there, all their barbecue was. Um, it's like,
2: yeah it's, it's oh, really yeah. vinegar based yeah um yeah. vinegar based. and they yeah and they it like um i want to say they use like an apple cider vinegar or apple juice with a lot of their stuff so uh, it's oh, not I'm, again it's not it's not bad i like it um i'm not one of those stubborn texans like oh if it's not texas barbecue it's not barbecue. Like, yeah like I, I've, I've ate, I've ate uh, St. Louis style ribs and I love it and every now and then it's good to have that. And every now and then it's good to have Texas, uh, Texas spice. And every now and then it's good to have some Cajun flavored spice. Um, yeah. And I think I adopted that a lot when I'm, when I lived there for uh, three years. So I really enjoyed it. So the food was something that me and my wife can actually agree to, because my wife isn't, she doesn't do good with spice, but the thing, and we talked about this last on the last show, Jason, um, the, the, the uh, Cajun spice has uh, a little bit more flavor into it. So it kind of like evens out. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I want to get on that scenario. I want to see what uh, what you're going to come out. And I enjoyed it. And uh, kind of curious what you're making later with them gizzards.
3: Oh, well, I'll tell you what, we're not <laughs> done with the gizzards yet, but we've killed two more greenheads. It's been a good morning. <laughs>
4: so,
3: uh, cleaned our, our, our birds. Now, you know, we've, we've all taken a little, a little siesta. And now I've got duck breasts to deal with, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to take those, those mallard breasts and we're going to flatten them out a little bit. We're going to kind of pound on them to where they almost double in size. And then we're going to dredge them in an egg and, and uh, milk wash. We're going to uh. then put them in panko. We're going to shallow fry them. And we're going to make some some fried duck sandwiches. So we're going to put some spicy jalapeno mayonnaise on, on the bread. Not too much for those who are weak at heart.
4: Um,
3: <laughs> and then um, those who can handle it, we're going to put some, uh, some banana pepper mustard on the other piece of bread mm. and maybe some sweet and sour. Um, I mean, bread and butter pickles that I've made and then uh, bon appetit fellas. Yeah. Man, we it's we got to get a, we got to get a hunt sandwich.
2: Yeah. yeah. We got to get, we got to get a hunt with Jason for sure next year. And by the way, so, for the listeners, we'll call that a Jason, uh, Jason yeah. special. Yeah. There's a special.
1: That's a Jason special. <laughs>
2: for the listeners, uh, <laughs> I shot two of the green heads and Jason saw, shot one. So, I don't know what's going on with Joe and Sharp.
3: <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Chris, because mine was double banded. Oh, okay.
1: Someone has to call them in for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: we
2: saw that the whistle was working, Chris, so we let you shoot <laughs> Hey, you don't want to challenge me on that whistle, though. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. You want you want to go get a a, a jerk cord? I'm there. <laughs> so, but. Jason,
4: like
1: now, now, let's turn to the more primitive stuff. I know, I know you do you do do a lot of foraging and stuff, but when you're primitive camping, and for some guys are going out for a quick fishing trip on the lake, a quick you know, duck hunt, deer hunt, you know, especially the spring turkey seasons right around the corner. Um, what are some stuff that, you know, is a must to have a good, primitive camping meal without, you know, like we were talking earlier, without just eating the beanie wees and beef jerky? I'm
3: going to go back to some of the the, the corned beef, the corned venison. Making a corn venison sandwich right then and there, it's good cold. You don't have to warm it yeah. up. Uh, you can do that. All your condiments are cold. I enjoy doing that. And the good thing is you can, you know, I keep referring to corn venison, but you can do it with a goose breast too. Uh, The corn to goose sandwich would be really good. Um, You know, even if you wanted to just not, you know, for those who are going fishing and don't hunt and are going to have access to this, a really good, and we did this in the mountains a lot when we were um, hunting in uh, Montana and Colorado. Um, I like to take locally sourced honey. Um, some peanut butter on uh, and, uh, on a bagel. Get a ton of calories out of that. Uh, and it's really good. It's tasty. It, it keeps for days. Uh, and that's really primitive stuff. And that may be, you know, somebody who doesn't have access to wild game or wasn't very successful. Um, sorry, John. I know you didn't shoot any greenheads on the left. <laughs> <thing. laughs> um, so, you know, uh, that type of thing is really good. I like summer sausage a lot, uh, and and cheese that goes really good. And it, you know, you can make a uh, out of it. Um, boy, um, fish spread, and you can you can put that on a sandwich. You can put it in a wrap. You can eat it with a cracker. Uh, those are the types of things that I really like when I when I do the the primitive the primitive yeah. style, primitive style stuff. Um, you know, it doesn't take up a lot of space. It feeds a lot of people. Uh, it's you know, you don't need utensils for it. Uh, you could take a cracker and spread it on the bread. It, you know, those are all the things that are maintenance free and easy and tasty that you've harvested in the past that you can use. uh, Turkey season, I love turkey season because we start getting the berries. Um, you can start, you know, you can make a meal out of a whole bunch of berries uh, when sugar and uh, and a, a pie dough. Yeah, um, uh, the mushrooms start popping up you can start using those uh, so those are the types of things I, I just prefer maintenance free when I'm primitive camp because you, you can't wash dishes a lot of times so water is an issue uh, so finger foods are really good because you don't have to wash a fork or a spoon or something um, but if, if you're going to do that also something that you can drink like a gumbo you can actually put that in a, a container and you really don't need a, you know, it's, you really don't need a spoon to eat it. You can just drink it, sort of, so to speak. Um, you're going to need some type of uh, way to heat it. Yeah. Because cold gumbo is, while it's good, but you're going to want it warm. Warm. Uh, but you can do uh, something with a, a deer stock or, um, or a duck stock. Make some type of uh, chicken noodle soup and keep that in a thermos, uh, you know, if you're not going to be out in the field very long. But if you can do a two-day trip the next day with chicken noodle soup with a homemade duck stock would be great in a thermos and you don't need utensils. You know, you drink it straight out of a thermos.
4: Yeah.
1: Now speaking of your gumbo, I tried something, uh, Megan, my wife, you know, give kudos out to her. Uh, she makes a, a really good gumbo for being a, you know, a Nebraska girl, you know, we're, we're transplanted down here in Louisiana and we're here to stay. I mean, uh, we, I really, you know, came fond of the, Louisiana culture but you may you know traditionally you know gumbo with rice but I tried something with that gumbo over grits and I'll tell you that that was really good Ooh.
4: that is good I've
1: done that before
4: yeah yeah, yeah
1: I got it from you
3: oh okay oh, okay <laughs> yeah I was like, man, this guy's good. He's
1: doing no, no great. So I'm like, man, <laughs> no, I, pulling out yeah. my I gotta try that. That sounds good. I gotta, I gotta, I'll good. tell you a lot, Jason. Um, a lot of my stuff that you know th- that I try it. Ninety percent of it's you know influenced by you know the stuff I see in the, on the Edible door page and stuff. I
3: appreciate that. It's why I created the page is to influence people and, and get away from stuffing it with cream cheese and jalapenos and wrapping it with bacon.
4: Um, Which that
3: is good though. <laughs> it yes, does well, get I'm not going to knock you, but if you're going to shoot 200 ducks a year, that's a lot of bacon meat. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I enjoy that. But honestly, I'm going to tell you, I don't. When I eat gumbo, it's a soup. I don't use rice. I don't use really? anything. I just because if you if you think about it, when you put it over rice, rice is a filler. You don't yeah. taste rice. It it takes on the flavor. Flavor. Of the yeah. So, yeah. To me, I'd rather just eat two two bowls of gumbo, bowl of gumbo with the filler.
1: Now, see, here I have a question for you, and I've debated this. Uh, first question: potato salad on or on the side?
3: Man, I'm gonna tell you, you're not gonna hurt my feelings either way because I, I can go, you know, said, But I, I can go both ways on this one. Yeah. So. I enjoy both ways. It really depends on the potato salad. If it's some uh, a potato salad that I, I know that I like, because every potato salad is different.
4: It's some
2: different. With yeah.
3: celery or onions or apples or. Or more you know, mayo and
2: like not mustard.
3: Tea. Exactly. So, you know, I it's love like look. a snowflake. No two potato salads are the same.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: But if,
3: if you make a good a potato salad that I really like, side, because I, what I'll do is I'll take my spoon and I'll dip a potato salad by into the gumbo eat that way. And I'll also just eat just straight potato salad because I like yeah. it that way too. Yeah. So it gives me the option of, of you know, I can combine it if I want to in a spoon or not. Yeah. But if you make a crappy potato salad, not gonna hurt your feelings, but I'm a buried in the gumbo. So
4: I can <laughs>
1: <laughs> now second part of that question, seafood gumbo or a chicken odd uh of type style gumbo. Yes both but yeah yeah either one uh, <laughs> if you if you know how
3: to make a gumbo they're both really good i, I enjoy putting okra in the gumbo mm-hmm. um i also enjoy putting oysters in a gumbo uh but if you're going to do the oysters i like a uh, chicken and sausage in oyster gumbo uh but you really got to put the oysters in the last couple of minutes because they don't take long to cook and if you're going to start off with the oysters at the beginning of the gumbo then your your the oyster is going to be horrible
4: because yeah, you really- cook
3: them for two hours. Yeah. Um, but my favorite gumbo of all time is smoked duck mm. on my smoker. It's your gumbo. That is my all time favorite. I love the 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 flavor that a smoked duck puts into the gumbo. Uh, I love the fact that I can use you know some less um, uh, less desirable ducks for a gumbo. <laughs> Uh, because I'm you're not going to see me putting a mallard or a pintail in a gumbo, but I will put a whole
1: a grannis.
3: Yeah, there
4: you go. Look at you, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> set up some Cajun terms on it. yeah. Uh, you know, or or a spoonbill, you know, but yeah. spoons, you know, spoonbills get a bad rap all across the board because you know, if you get a spoonbill and they've been eaten
1: in rice, rice, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. so two years ago, I, I, I did a taste test, we killed mallard and spoonbills. Out here in Welsh in the rice fields. And I cooked them up. I plucked them, cut the breasts out, kept the fat caps on, seared them, garlic, butter, a little bit of rosemary, cut them up. And I did a taste test with everyone at the house. Everyone liked the spoonbill better, except one person. That was landed, my son, my youngest son. He was like, mm, I can taste the difference. I like this one. He wouldn't he would take the mallard. But everyone else liked the spoonbill over the mallard.
3: You know, they get a bad rap. And, you know, sometimes you will. Sometimes you'll get a bad mallard. Sometimes you'll get a bad teal. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you can almost tell when you start, when you're cleaning that duck, what it's going to be. If, yeah. if the skin is that white, you know, it's very white. It's going to be great. It really will. If it's, you know, brown.
1: Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that weird, like, gunmetal gray.
3: Yeah, almost. so you're not going to, I'm going to, what, what I'm going to do with that duck is I'm going to, I'm going to skin it, because I'm not going to keep the, the skin on it, because it's that skin's got a lot of that that fishy flavor in it. I'm going to breast it out, and I'm going to put in a gumbo. I'm going to smoke it and put it in a gumbo, and I guarantee you, you know, it, it'll go down well. Everybody's going to enjoy it. Now, when when you smoke that duck, how
4: how
0: are you doing it? Is it the breast, or are you just skidding everything off and smoking it that way? Kinda yeah. Give
3: it some detail. At that point, I'm I'm yeah. gonna uh, I'm gonna fillet the the breast meat off the breast bone, and I'll uh, I'll smoke uh, just a little the breast fillets on a smoker. Now, are... don't do it long because you don't want. If you do it too long, you're gonna make jerky. Okay. If you add the jerky to the gumbo, and it's gonna be horrible. But I would just keep it on the smoker long enough, maybe forty-five minutes or so, just to impart that good smoke flavor into the breast, and then throw it in your gumbo. Right. Like if you're it. gonna keep it on there for two hours. I mean you you're gonna have jerky. It's gonna be horrible. Yeah. Would you ever spadge cock and smoke it or you can, but I like to uh, my favorite technique is to pluck mm-hmm. filet and then I'll take the the carcass. And make a duck stock out of it. So I'll take the, the carcass of the of the duck and uh, I'll roast it with corn and onions. And then I'll cook it down for uh, six, seven, eight hours. Um, and, um, you know, we've got to add water to it. Cook yeah. It for six, seven, eight hours. And then I freeze it into uh, individual containers, like pint-sized containers. Yeah. And, it man, it does wonderful things for all manner of stuff grits, uh, gumbo, anything that you need to add liquid to for the, the meal, mm-hmm. use stock. I, and I don't care kind yeah. stock it is. If it's a seafood dish, use seafood stock. If it's a, uh, 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 a, a duck dish, use duck stock. Turkey, you can use turkey stock. Uh, you can use the bone broth for deer. The uh, red beans, we talked uh, about beans earlier. If you're going to make red beans with sausage, and you use venison stock, guys. I'm telling you, you're gonna you're gonna go from a B plus to an A plus in a heartbeat on yeah. the red beans. Just it gives it so much more flavor. So how, so how don't don't throw the, the carcasses away. So what do you do with the stock? You
0: just put it in that pot with a little bit of water and just slow, slow cook it down just to get all Absolutely. the oils and stuff out.
3: If, so just if the stock seasons. itself is your uh once you, once you roast up your, your carcass and your vegetables, add it to a stock pot, cover with water. So you're probably going to put maybe a gallon and a half or two gallons of water, depending on the size of your stock pot, and then cook it down for probably two hours to where you, you're you ending up with maybe four pints of stock. It's going to be extremely rich. You're going to discard everything. You'll have to filter it out, uh, run it through a um, cheesecloth. You know, cheese exactly. And then uh and then freeze that in you know pint containers, and what I was doing this is a good tip too. Uh, sometimes I'll take it and I'll put it in ice cube trays and freeze it that way, and that way you've got little ice cube size pieces of stock, and you can use exactly how much you want to. So if you're just going to make Saturday morning grits for somebody, well then you only need maybe four or five ice cubes worth of of stock, and you don't need a whole pint.
1: Nice. we're
3: yeah. not
0: gonna waste it. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah.
1: Now yeah. Sharp's being very modest. Like when, when I want to go up there and I hunted up uh for Sharp and you know Chris on the Sharp is not that bad. You know, he can throw down the kitchen too.
2: Yeah, I saw his bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> <That was laughs> he had chili, he had deer
1: chili waiting for us, speckle belly waiting for us. I uh
0: so I got, I got a new little way to do speckle belly, which is my new, new favorite or speckle belly or just any type of, honestly, any type of duck stuff where you can't pluck or pin feathered birds, um, you know, just brine them as usual. But what I've been doing, um, my boss showed me this, he went up to Kansas and hunted with his, um, son-in-law and he came back with this recipe. Um, you chef, I, th- I believe it's Prudhomme's uh, blackened redfish magic and i usually dice it up i like to do cubes i did uh, i did tacos the other night with it this way i, I cut it up in smaller cubes i mean and heavily put that seasoning on there like I, for two breasts i'll probably use a fourth of a fourth of a thing of seasoning and get that real good and then like a tablespoon two tablespoons of butter get it going to where it's brown on that cast iron and just sear and i mean it does good tacos that way or you can do the breast hole that way score the plucked uh, side of the breast put it down like you said three minutes two minutes good stuff
2: yeah it does i so i got a question so um this is so we all know eating's all and Jason you know more more than uh more about this than any of us. Eden's really region based. Uh for instance, we talked about it earlier uh Texas barbecue barbecue compared to let's say uh Memphis barbecue or uh, St. Louis barbecue or wherever it be. Um we talked about the the uh potato salad mustard no mustard. I prefer mustard. I grew up basically, it was smothered in mustard, burgers, mustard, and mayonnaise, mayonnaise, no mustard uh, no you know you get what I'm saying so right what's the what's the biggest thing um, what's one thing that has changed you from a different region to actually start adopting in Louisiana? and i, I, I the reason I say this because this can be controver- controversial because I know how prideful Louisianas are in their cooking, and it's good. <laughs> I mean oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, if you could you could cook the you could say you could cook the crawfish wrong and they're gonna they're gonna you know what I mean they're just gonna eat you up. That's and not what you do this. to crawfish. You don't add this in crawfish, you don't yeah. so. like its
1: own little four quadrants. They all yeah. cook each quadrant yeah. cooks yeah. everything a little different.
2: And they're all like, this is not how you do it, this is not how you cook crawfish, and like and I and I, I like to say I like to think uh my crawfish when i do crawfish boils it's a louisiana style cuz that's southwest, how i learned that, that, yeah southwest that's why i learned to cook crawfish <laughs> so when i have crawfish boils every year um that's what i do i i, I you know I, I might every now and then i'll i'll put like a texas twist in there um i might put some uh uh some uh, uh some smoked brisket in there at, late after um, crawfish? i've done that <laughs> Don't you judge me. No. Yeah. So yeah. like it, towards, end, toward, towards the end of it, um, <laughs> it's that, it. to me it's like putting uh the little uh, I don't know if you've done this, Jason, sausages in there. Oh, absolutely. So that yeah. it, I thought, well, hey, I don't got sausages, but I got leftover brisket that I smoked. I just chop it up and put it in there and it came out good. Full moon, Colin. I mean it was I was it was, sh- it was sh- um Shreddy. it made it a lot more, it was shredding a lot more, but it came mm-hmm. out good. Um, I do also put mushrooms in mine, and, and oh, I'm absolutely. probably gonna get a lot of hate mail on this. But I, I, I'll put mushrooms in mine, asparagus. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I've been to a part of Louisiana that put asparagus in their in their
4: crawfish.
2: Yeah.
1: Let me tell you, if you get hate mail,
2: it's because they don't know
1: asparagus,
3: <laughs> mushrooms, and sausage goes really well. Let me tell you what I saw not long ago um, at a crawfish ball. Somebody took a colander, a metal colander, and put the ramen noodles—you know, the 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 thing. Inside the 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 metal colander, and you sat it on top of the crawfish boil, so that that crawfish boil broth was mm. cooking the ramen noodles. I, let me taste them. <laughs> we almost got into a fist fight, but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm gonna I want to do that soon. I mean, could you imagine crawfish boil ramen noodles?
2: Oh yeah,
4: sounds wow, good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That, that's crazy. And you, you think about it, like everybody loves ramen. Could you imagine with crawfish flavor? In it's only the shrimp ramen. I mean, you it's, have yeah. shrimp ramen. Like those, so, uh, here's another thing. You got the Uts chips.
0: They're like the Old Bay flavored, but that's like yeah. the real deal ramen. So yeah. here, here's, another,
2: here's another thing Zataran's or Louisiana uh, Cajun mix? Or do you put Tony Sashu in your? No, no, uh, I like Zataran's. Yeah. But
3: I like Tony Sashu's too.
2: Yeah, I really like Zatarain's too. Yeah. I just—I I mean, I've had, I've had. Yeah. Here's another one: a Louisiana
1: hot sauce brand or Tabasco.
2: Uh,
3: I like Tabasco.
4: Yeah.
3: I, I'm not the guy that that's diehard Tabasco. If you only have Louisiana hot sauce, I mean, I enjoy that too. I really like both of them. But you know, if I if you put a gun to my head and said pick one of them, I'm gonna pick Tabasco. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was just uh, I was just saying cuz like so you know, Jason being in the military, you you know, you meet a bunch of bunch of people in different areas of the United States. They all eat. we all eat different. Um I've had I've had potato salad that I nicely I mean, I respectfully was eating because it was covered thank in you, mayo, portion. you know, and I'm like, "Uh, where's the mustard at?" you know, or something like that. And I I mean, I've I've had those. But it's uh, and then there's I've had those where like, "Man, I've never ate this this way." And I I really enjoy yep. it, you know, and that, that's yep. that's why it kind of somebody somebody like you. That's why I was thought I asked you that because that has to come up where you're trying something new and you're like, this is not what I grew up eating, but I'm eating it now.
3: You know? I enjoyed that part of the military is that you, you you're around people that such, you know, a wide range of diversity and culture and, and you know, people different people eat different things. Um, you know, I I was I was in California and I was staying with his family and uh they were Hispanic and man I'm gonna tell you I learned how to cook some Mexican food that is just freaking phenomenal Dude, her dad could cook like nobody's yeah. business and I think she was getting jealous cuz I was spending more time in the kitchen with him than I was with her. <laughs> I mean, you know I mean so you got to eat three times a day so yeah um, but uh you know but it's funny even the terminology of what one thing is, and what you called it, you, you said cattails for the thistles. I mean, you, that's what you grew up calling it. I grew, I called it thistles. Uh, I, I served with a guy that, for the longest time, he would talk about this red gravy he would make. i like, man, I never asked him. I never even really knew what he was talking about. I'm like, what are you talking about, red gravy? So finally, <laughs> I'm like, man, what, what are you talking about? This dude busted up with some ragu from the store in his red gravy. I'm like, Oh, red gravy! <laughs> 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 so it's funny how just the terminology is is so different, and you know, and, uh, you know it, that's what they grew up calling it. And that's what yeah. you know. That's how he. Knew. Yeah, he was a good dude, but I had to correct him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna> correct <laughs> him. I don't know, I just to me, I always like, and I, I'm, I'm no chef by by all means, but I love. I mean, I love eating and I love good food and I've been to Chicago and I've been to New York. I've had Chicago deep dish and I've had New York pizza and I love both of them. But exactly. to me, they're to me, they're different. One's mm-hmm. a cake, of pizza and the other one's just, I guess you would say in New York, a pie. Yeah. Um, yep. But I love both of them, you know, and that, that's why I was like, I mean, it's obviously I'm not going to find anything here in Texas that compares to any of that type of pizza. But um, I still I mean, I'll still go eat Domino's. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Now, this yeah. is my favorite question for Jason. Okay. If you had to eat one last poor boy, where would it be from?
3: Okay. <clears throat> so, my favorite was Daryl's in Lake Charles. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I, I just heard some disturbing news that it's closed.
1: No, it's not. I'll tell you that right now, it's not. There's two of them. There's one in uh, Jennings
3: And one in yeah. Lake Charles. Yeah. But you confirm that, and I heard this within the last week. Really? I ate there about two weeks ago. I'm hoping it's wrong because yeah. it's my favorite. I'll but tell you what; it,
1: I will punch a small child in the face for this. <laughs> <people's.
0: laughs> <laughs> That'd be wrong because Joe's over I'm here coming there franchises. season. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the deal season, They better be open. I haven't had it in like a
3: year. <laughs> but there's, there's two places in Lafayette that are number two and three for me. And uh, they're both very good. And I thought they were both my, my favorite until I had Daryl's, but a uh, old time grocery in Lafayette, a really good po' boy. And then uh, right down the road, not far from where I live, a woman who worked at old time grocery for a long time opened up her own place and, uh, uh, it's a really good pole boy. So those two are really yeah. top-notch pole boys. I I would if I brought you guys to any one of those, you'd be like, man, that is good. That's some good stuff. Yeah, should put that in an MRE.
2: Yeah, right. But this,
1: yeah, I, I always joke. I want to franchise uh, Daryl's and put them all over the U.S.
2: Yes, that jalapeno mayonnaise is legit. Yes, yes. And I'm not a so. I'm not going to say I hate mayonnaise. I, I like mayonnaise in certain things. But I grew up basing, you know, my, my grandpa, uncle's basing their well, meat, meat have mayonnaise and stuff. Like yeah, it's just all the, mustard. It's yeah, all it's mustard. mustard. So I grew up, mustard was a big thing. Mayonnaise. Okay. We had mayonnaise uh, every now and then on sandwiches, but it was, or, uh, it, or, 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 you, or, yeah. Or you have mayonnaise and corn. And uh, you, Joe, you had, uh, I'm sure you have Jason corn with, uh, some chili, lime, whatever, mayonnaise, whatever. Yeah. Um, I've had it like that. Uh, and, uh, but when I had their jalapeno mayonnaise, I think they should sell it in like jars at like grocery stores. They do. Where? Not here. Swallows. Oh.
1: Swallows down here in Louisiana sells it.
2: Yeah, that stuff is good. I don't know what they got. And I'm going to keep telling myself it's mustard in there, but that (laughs) stuff is good. (laughs) <laughs> no, they,
3: they sell it's a it's a Daryl's brand or it's something similar.
1: No, it's a it's this um swallows the custom that's another thing for the listeners down here in Louisiana, their meat markets are absolutely the best. Um I say they rival like the New York and Chicago style Italian deli style meat markets. Uh but swallows the custom meat market down here. They have their own signature boudin and stuff, and um they, they started making their own mustard, man- I mean, they make a jalapeno mustard and a jalapeno mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah. Tabasco
3: had a uh, spicy mayonnaise and it was a, a, a mayonnaise-Tabasco combination that I was absolutely in love with and they, they discontinued the line. Yeah. So I, I've got a, a copycat recipe that I'm working on. It's close, but it's yeah, still not there. It's still not their blend. I need to get a hold of somebody in McElhaney
2: and figure this
4: out.
1: Y'all out there in um, Man, you need. You need. Island.
2: You, you need you Island now. Island. Some, some condiments or whatever. And <laughs> and I know. I know. Um, so we talked about it earlier. You brought it up this season. You get it was. Uh, what was the brand? Hunt something, right? Hunt Chef. The guy's Hunt out in Pennsylvania. Okay. And I we see it on the social media. And. Uh, I actually was looking into their different type of and Seasoning, you know, just to try it with some brisket. I like to mix it up. Um, and I'm probably gonna get hate mail for this because your typical Texans is, you know, coarse mustard or coarse peppers, uh, coarse salt and maybe some garlic pepper garlic pepper and some chili powder or cayenne, whatever. Um but I mix it up. You know, I, I like to add all kinds of stuff to sweet, just try to try to uh, try different flavors and stuff. So I think that's the next one I'm going to try and see how it tastes on the brisket and stuff.
3: I even but the did blends a, are really good. But yeah. if you don't, if you don't have a blend, you can get away with 90% of all you're cooking with salt and onion powder. That'll yeah. get you through 90% of what you need to know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I usually do just first coarse salt, coarse pepper, um, garlic powder, onion powder, and then, uh, some chili or uh, most of the time it's chili powder. Um, yeah. cayenne every now and then. I think I adopted the cayenne when I lived in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana's love that cayenne. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. I like paprika
3: and I like smoked paprika. Too. Yeah. Yes. If you want paprika Ooh, yeah. You want to wrap, you know, round it off to a couple of, you know, just a, a couple of things that you should have on hand as a wild game, you know, cook. That will get you as far, you know, that'll get you, That'll you'll do just fine with those ingredients, with those seasonings right there. That, and if you add some, some fresh herbs to it, basil, thyme, oregano, some uh, rosemary, rosemary, the, the seasonings that we just mentioned, and a couple of herbs, and, you know, you can become a five-star chef.
2: Yeah, yes. and I think that, that's where I lack, is using herbs. herbs I don't really yeah. use basils, I don't use rosemary. I just started using basil in uh uh basically barbecued tacos um when mm-hmm. i when you let it send like a stock like a beef stock or whatever it may be. yeah, um I'll use rosemary, but now, Chris' this
1: question is for you, bud um now you know we talked about burgers better yeah uh, <laughs> better. so we talked about you so- know me and Sharp let, you know let you do the duck calling. And uh, all we kill end up call, killing is coots, pulledo, or pool dude. I love it. I'll eat coots. Yeah. you, man! We busting up with some Louisiana terminology. Yeah, I'm a transplant. I, <laughs> I, I, I embrace in the in the culture. Um, what's a good way for people to you know? Because I will say myself, Chris makes fun of me all the time. I turn my nose up from it. What's a good uh, recipe for guys that you know? want to hunt those, or end up killing the Rails, the Snipe, and the dew.
3: You're asking me
2: or Chris?
1: No, not Chris. Yeah, don't you. ask me. What?
2: What? <laughs> well, <laughs> you ask me, I'm going to wrap it in bacon or probably fry it. <laughs> Throw some so cream cheese on it. <laughs>
3: a, a long time ago, I hunted with a guy. He loved dew, which is Cuckoo, the real name for it. And uh, what he would do with it is he would take the um, the breast and make jambalaya out of it. always thought he was crazy until he served me his jambalaya. It was really good. Now, if anybody's ever killed a Pulu slash Coot, knows that their gizzards are the size of a bowling ball. They've got massive gizzards. It's, it's a flying gizzard. And I love gizzards like nobody's business. So uh, you could actually, you know, take the the breast meat and make a jambalaya and you could take the gizzards clean the gizzard and then i like to to deep fry the gizzards but what i'll do is i'll parboil the gizzard the clean gizzard and some crab boil first and get it 70 percent the way cooked in in a parboiling process and then deep fry it uh, afterwards if you try deep frying it before you do that then you're going to end up burning your crust and your outer side and the inside won't be cooked. So if you are going to do that parboil the gizzard first and then fry it up afterwards. Same thing with, uh, if you're going to wrap it with bacon, which is fine, I enjoy that. But if you're going to wrap, uh, say you're going to, you're going to try doing this with a mallard breast and you want to cook that mallard breast medium rare, pre-cook the bacon before you do it and let it cool off. So if you pre-cook the bacon 70% the way through, and then you wrap that mallard breast. Well, then now you have gonna once you put it on the pit or wherever you're cooking it, your mallard breast will be medium rare and your bacon will be finished cooked. So, you know, it, it it's definitely worth a little extra effort to pre cook, mm-hmm. you know, the mallet the, the bacon or in this case, like we we're talking about the gizzard.
4: Yeah. Uh, no, but well,
3: that's what I would do. And I, I, I enjoyed a good jambalaya, and it's really yeah. good with the. the uh, but I'll also keep the hearts of the pool do too. Yeah, and look—it's like everything else, guys. People, it gets a bad rap, but it's a really good bird. And the limits fifteen, so I mean, you can—you yeah. can make one heck of a meal. Oh yeah, you they're can. Dumb, wear a we'll shoot, do.
2: and they're dumb. <laughs>
3: yeah. they're fun to shoot. They're dumb. They don't make a very pretty picture. But God, you put it in a, in a cast iron, you know, Dutch oven,
1: gentlemen. I'm gonna tell you, it's some good eats. Yeah. Now, for people that you know, we keep talking about organ meat. And, and it seemed like the, in, in the last five, 10 years, you know, guys like yourself, um, Steve Rennell, and even um, Chef uh, Jean Paul, you know, they start talking more about, you know, these organ meats and stuff. What do you say with people that are kind of wary about the organ meats? And then what's a good way to introduce people into organ meat, like deer heart, deer liver, duck hearts? Gizzards. Uh so
3: it depends. So deer hearts are obviously they're they're much larger. Uh and they can be, you know, they're size of a softball, I guess, you know, on a big buck. Um my favorite thing to do with a, a venison heart is to core it out and make a, a hollow chamber in it. Stuff it with, with boudin, we mentioned boudin earlier, wrap it with bacon and then smoke it on the pit. And it makes one heck of a meal. Uh, with uh, with bird hearts. I like to shish kebab them and uh, it'll be just a one big skewer of duck hearts. And I'll put it on the pit and baste it with a, a, a garlic butter sauce. And it makes the, a really good appetizer. Put it on a plate with guys because there's no woman in the world that you're going to invite to your house that'll eat a plate full of duck hearts. I don't care. I don't care who they are. It's just, they see it's a heart. It looks like a heart. You can't tell them it's anything other than that. But, you know, if you're going to have some of your buddies over, it is a really good appetizer for fight night or whatever you guys are going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. that sounds Super Bowl.
2: good. Yeah. So what do you, do you, you just, just eat good. it like that? Or do you eat it with like a cracker? Eat just so. like that. Well, you can eat it with a cracker. It would be good, yeah. with, you know, a piece of cheese or
3: a or Ritz cracker, a piece of cheese oh, yeah. and, a, and a pintail heart. Um, like, what,
2: that's a what's heck of that? a story, too. <laughs> what, what's that guy... Uh, He's from Louisiana. Put that on a cracker, dude. What's his
4: name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: That
3: guy's hilarious.
4: Yeah,
3: I've also <laughs> taken, I, I've taken really fond to deer tongue. Um, now mm. they're small, so you, you need you know three or four or five of them to to do anything with it. But I've made a deer tongue pate with it and served it on a cracker, dude. But it's <laughs> really good. Man. So you, you're gonna again parboil the deer tongue in crab boil. Zatarians crab boil, and once you do that, then you can actually peel the that uh, textured part off the tongue because you don't want that. It's you know that's what they use in their everyday life. And then once you get to that, it's a really pretty pink meat. Uh, keep it hot. Put it in a, in a, a food processor and put some uh, heavy cream and some butter and some you know your favorite herbs and, and seasoning. I like oregano and thyme with it. Um, season it up to your your likings Yeah, If you like it spicy, put some spice I, And then and, puree it yeah. And then it comes out this beautiful puree And it is really good on a cracker It's so much so That I brought it to my staff Which consists of mostly women And I told them what it was It is deer tongue pate And they tore it up
2: And that's crazy because when you think about it And Joe, you kind of know this I'm sure you know this, Jason that's kinda how lingua is made. Lingua yeah. Exactly. Cause they boil it in uh, broth. Uh, they'll put some seasoning, whatever, and they'll take that like you said, that that uh the outside layer off, that tough stuff. Um and the inside is just amazing. I never in my i, I honestly never thought about that. So like, like, like I said, there's tongue. not much
1: difference between a, a Cajun and a Mexican.
4: <laughs>
2: no, if you
1: look at it, there's not much different. My favorite
4: <laughs> so Mexican moms.
1: It's the yep. same same. One speaks French, one
3: speaks Spanish. Yep. The, the, the lingu, If you notice on a on a, a beef tongue, there's two different parts to it. There's the liquor part. Yeah. And there's the back part. So the liquor part is the part that they use for the tacos. The back part makes a really good uh sauce. And that's what they cook down to for the sauce with linguists.
2: Yeah. And the same thing with a deer, but man, that's crazy. It is really good. The are yeah, really good. Yeah. I got to try that. So actually this season. So, and I think we talked about this. Uh, I was actually, before I got into waterfowl a couple of years ago, um, all I did was big game and yeah. Thanks
4: Joe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to spend a, a couple of weekends to try to get me uh especially being back in Texas, you know, it's not to say, uh, I, I think you kind of I don't even want to say like I'm cheating because I'm back in Texas. But um, there is a lot of a lot of places in Texas is, is if people don't know uh, there uh, there's not too much, um, I guess, state land. All of the, A lot of it's private land owned. So a lot yep. of the hunting um, is the majority of it like compared to, let's say, Idaho or Montana or something like that. So or uh, even Louisiana. I mean, um, there's the, but. I think that's what I'm going to do is probably get me, uh try to find me a nice, uh nice buck out here and uh, uh maybe when I go down there, visit Joe and visit y'all, I can bring some down there. Uh, we used to, I actually, what I want to do, and I got this from Meat Eater, so people, uh, oh, you got that from, I did, uh, is that, I think he made a heart ceviche. I don't know if you saw that show. And that that it's it's intrigued me since then, and I'm like I got to do that before I die. So I'm going to try that. And you know I've made yeah. fish ceviche my whole life, and that's something different. So Dude, I bet you
1: crawfish ceviche would be
2: so good. That'd be hard though.
1: Yeah, but after after you do that Cajun boil, there used to be a restaurant in here in Louisiana. I don't know if it was in South or in the the more central Louisiana where you're from, but it was called uh, the Blue Coyote. And it was a Mexican Cajun mix. They closed them down here in Southwest Louisiana. But um, I had a Cajun crawfish burrito that was good. And if you have like that Cajun, you know, your traditional crawfish boil, shell it, put it in a and an, like, you know, almost like a pico de gallo. I mean, hey, that would be bad on a tostada or something.
2: Yeah. No, I think it'd be just fine. Yeah. And what's crazy what's crazy too is that what I what I do like about Louisiana is there's a lot of lot of cultures that ruled Louisiana and people don't know. And, and I think the Italians and I, and there, and so there's there's a show I watch and I, I don't know, um maybe uh uh Sharp watched because he he's into the SEC or uh, I'm sure Jason's probably watched it too. Um or Joe, I mean you're in the I forgot you're an LSU fan, but um they they did a show on the SEC network. It was called uh, uh, a taste or what was it? A taste from the south or, uh, you know, what I'm talking about sharp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they went around to each like college town. They did, yeah. like, And they a ate food in the south. Town. Okay, so they went to LSU and they were talking about. Um, I didn't know this: Germans, Italians, uh, Mexico, Spain, the French. Uh, Africans like African. Yeah. Everything, every culture was there. And this is why there's so much blend in the Cajun food. And that's what's crazy. And that's what blew my mind. And I was like, you know, this this makes sense. It's kind of like they took everything out of every culture that was good and they put it and made it their own. And that's what I think of when I think of like uh Creole's Cajun. Like I I think it it's just you really think it I hate to say it. I mean, we're all much. Period, but I hate to say it, it's just it's it's just the best of all worlds. And they took all that that the food from every culture, and they just made their own. And uh, man, I, that's what if you haven't I, I don't know have you seen that Jason the show? I don't think so. Oh god, I forgot what it's called. You remember what it's called, Sharp?
0: You I, gotta watch it. I thought it was like just like a little special thing, like on like it Saturday was a special
2: that like was just popped special.
0: up like for like, no. each like college game day.
2: No, it was it was a it was an actual show that they had on the SEC network. But they went in every college town. Like they went to Georgia, food there. They went to uh, they went to Texas at College Station, um, and then they I saw the one in Louisiana, and I was like, man, it may I mean it makes sense. It's, uh, there was a lot of a lot of cultures that ruled, ruled that part of Eastern Texas and that part of Louisiana, and uh, I guess you would say the western part of Mississippi. College
1: Town Cravings. Food paradise
2: TV channel. Yep, is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, it's called College uh, College Cravings. Thank God, Google. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: um, you. I yeah,
2: know, man. You know we're we're, you know, we're getting close to wrapping up. No, minute. it's called True South. That's True what it's South. Right, True not South. Bad. South. It's a limited series on the Southern uh, Foods and Cultures aired monthly on the SEC Network. Oh. Yeah, it's called the True South. That's why I was like. It's something South. You gotta watch it. I'm telling you, Jason, you gotta watch it, man. It it was addicting for me, and uh, I'm no chef, but I mean, I I do love, I I like to try things, so.
1: Yeah. Well, good. But to brag a little bit on Jason, Jason, talk about um, you know, you're kind of famous in these magazines in this Louisiana, <laughs> Mississippi. Give us you know before we you know we skip over that. Hey, brother. I mean, that's a big. You know, I always joke and tell everyone, "I, uh, you're the Gordon Ramsay of the outdoors." Yeah, but um,
3: I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, you've really, you know, like I said before, you influenced me a lot. I
2: know I send you pictures and all that. Sometimes I think you're better than Gordon Ramsay. That's just me. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> Ramsey, I've seen. I've tried some of his food, and you're the nicer I've- version oh, okay. of Yeah, I, I don't yeah. feel that much, man. I don't. <laughs> yeah. But um,
1: talk about the you know a uh, your own horn a little bit about the magazine. You just you you were just uh, um
3: showcasing so the the video that you referenced earlier, the the duck camp video. was a friend of mine that did it, and he's actually the he was the the producer of Louisiana Sportsman TV. So. We hooked up through Instagram. He found my page and like, man, dude, you, you know, let's, let's just hook up. And that we did that video. He did the video for me for duck camp. And he was, like I said, involved with Louisiana Sportsman. So he sent my information over to the magazine part of the process. And they, he said, look, you, you, you guys needed to talk to this guy and get his stuff going with, uh, you know, the magazine. So they got in touch with me and said, Hey, do you want to write? Magazine you know, recipes. Sure, I'll do it. Um, so I started, and there's another guy that's doing it. We're alternating off, uh, every month. And uh, he's got some legit stuff, Nathan. He's a rec- recreational chef on Instagram. Definitely worth a look. But uh, not, not long ago, uh, a buddy of mine caught the state record largemouth bass, lake record largemouth bass, in a, a lake right down the road from us. And uh the sportsman got a hold of the 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 news and said they contacted me and said, Hey man, you wanna write a story for us about this stuff? So I I wrote a story. So this month in April, I've got a recipe and the write-up on the the Lake Record bass. It's been nice. a really good relationship with them. I like working with them. They've already given me a deadline for the June recipe. And you know, the girl that runs it is just phenomenal. So you know, we go back and forth, you know. Uh, In the summer, she wants fish recipes. In the winter, she wants, you know, duck and deer recipes. You know, understandably so. But, you know, this magazine used to be really big before the internet hit. Uh, Internet kind of screwed up everything that was published. But um, I enjoy writing for them. I enjoy writing for Unchef. Uh, But most of all, I just enjoy, like I said earlier, uh, inspiring people to go past cream cheese and bacon. Uh, yeah, deep frying it. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, <clears throat> when I was when I got out of the Marines, uh I hooked up with some friends and we were fishing offshore every weekend. Two years later, I opened up my my freezer and man, I had grouper and snapper and and lemon fish and mahi mahi. And I'm like, man, there's got to be more to this than frying it. You know, restaurants are serving it for forty five dollars a plate. <sighs> Something better than that. So. That's where it kind of started for me. I'm like, man, I'm going to do something better with all these quality ingredients that I have that restaurants or would kill for, and I've got it at my, you know, at my disposal. So I started cooking. Then, you know, some things I throw away. Then I got better and better and better. And like, man, this is it's not that hard. You've got a, a wild turkey chicken recipe. Make a, make the same dish whether it be an italian dish or chicken cordon bleu or whatever if you've got a deer that you've killed but you did right you can do the same thing with any beef recipe i mean steak diane or you know you can ground it and make a hamburger you know if you want to be that basic uh so you know it's not that hard find something that you like you know whether it be a, a pasta dish or a you know, uh, a dish with refried beans or whatever. I don't care. But, you know, just, you know, a little bit of thought into this and you can actually convert your wild game into that favorite meal that you have. And, you know, you're going to surprise the heck out of yourself just with a little bit of effort. Or you can chop up your, your goose breast, you know, season it with some black and season and some butter and then make some tacos out of it.
4: <laughs> Good stuff right there.
3: But and, the, the the good thing about this social media stuff is that we can all talk about it, and you know tomorrow I'm probably be chopping up a speckle belly, belly breast and trying it just because it really it sounds really good, you know. <laughs> and maybe you guys would try some. You know, we're trying, we all trying something new, and yeah. it's not just cooking. It's it's everything. It's duck calling. Yeah. It's you know which which decoy is best these days, or you know which decoy formation. There's so much information out there for you to use. To become a better outdoorsman, I don't care what your you know what your thing is, yeah. Ducks, or if you want to go forage mushrooms, and there's some really good websites out there to tell you the difference between a false morel and a real morel. The only thing I tell you is just be really careful on your source. There's some really good sources out there. There's some sources out there to probably get you killed. Yeah. So, and you can tell the difference. You can go to it and you can tell they're legit. They've got 197,000 followers. They're probably legit. You know, or if this is the guy's first time posting and he's got three followers and they all have the same last name as him, <laughs> <you're> like, mom, <laughs> uncle, dad. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want to try that, Morel. It, it may yeah. not be that good, but, you know, just, you know, or ask, you know, uh, sort of the Morels or the Mushrooms he has got a My Oncology uh, Facebook page. And, you know, if you don't abuse it, you can ask questions. And there's somebody out there that's willing to answer for you. Yeah. So the internet is a really good tool when it comes to those types of things. Now, you know, you're not going to find out where the where the mallards are are sitting on public land. You'll never get uh-huh. that out of anybody. But you know, <laughs> you, can, you can get some really good
2: information out of out of the internet. Yeah, I asked the guy. I asked. He was a little upset. that I asked that question. <laughs> Don't ask <laughs> that. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: But I mean, you know, you, people are willing to share the information, which is really good. Uh, and you know, I've always been one that I, I love to learn more and more and more, no matter what I'm doing. Uh, I find that it makes me a better outdoorsman, it makes me a better hunter, a better fisherman, uh, a better outdoorsman, a better dad, a better husband. So you know, just take this this opportunity and learn from it. That's why I like uh, this last like this last weekend. <laughs> I fancy myself as a pretty good uh, turkey hunter, but I was hunting with another guide, you know, just to pick up thing that I didn't know. Because if you if, if you're a turkey hunter or a deer hunter or a duck hunter, and you tell me you know everything there is to know about duck hunting, within you know, I know you're lying.
2: You're lying. Yeah. You're lying. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can uh guide. I didn't realize how long we were going, man. I was, we we're just having fun and I love having <laughs> yeah. Jason on, man. Cause we just, we just go on and on and on. Um, I guess uh, before we go, Sharp, did you have anything for Jason before we leave? Man, I'm good.
0: He kind of went over all the little things I wanted <laughs> to ask him. <laughs> so that worked out well for me. Joe?
1: Uh, no, I mean, just as always, brother, thank you for your service to America. As, as you know, as a brethren infantryman, you know, in the Marine Corps, you know, we were army
2: instrument, so you know, yeah, you there's know, no you know I still love you. Same, same. Crayons, that crayons, eat it. crayons you know I mean, like, there's <laughs> a, crayons is a big factor in this. Yeah, thing. but, but anyway, hey, thank really thanks great. for
1: being a good mentor uh, for the outdoors, man. Like, I, I, oh, yeah. I can't appreciate that enough, brother.
3: Appreciate that, uh, and yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight, man. And as always, yeah. you know, anytime you want to have a conversation, I'm open.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. And uh just for the listeners if they didn't catch our last show with you on on the first season um how can they uh reach you on social media?
3: Uh Edible Outdoors Cook on both Instagram and Facebook and I also run a fledgling uh blog and that's Edible Outdoors Cook uh Field to Cajun Table.
2: Yes. Yeah, y'all got to check him out, check out his recipes. Um I mean me and Joe have both taken a rest recipe, of his recipes and like I said earlier in the show, uh, I, I thought I was a big uh, bug. I kept texting him and calling him and he's like, don't worry about don't worry about it. He was really down to earth. He didn't. He's like, oh, you're not bugging me. I'd rather it, it tastes good than it come out like crap. And it came out great. And I, I appreciate that. So, um, like always, I want to end the show with uh, I want to thank Valen Honor Outdoors for what they do for our service members, first responders and veterans. Um. If you guys are looking out for new motion products out there, uh check out the real uh the real decoy. Um use promo code FWC2 uh 2020 or 22, sorry. So that's Foxtrot Whiskey uh Charlie22. Um kind of help support us uh, with our movement that we're doing here with the flyway family with Jason and Sharp and Joe and everybody else that's been on the show. Um, but like always, y'all have a good one and let and I fail.